happy Easter Resurrection Sunday or just plain old happy Sunday. It's been a very weird time because we went to the conference, came back for one Sunday, then went to Georgia, and now we're back again. Right, Bob? It's just weird. Bob was a little out of practice on what to plug in. No, he wasn't. He got it all right. <laughs> but he said it was weird, and I was agreeing with him. Uh, <clears throat> First Saturday prayer was last week while we were in Georgia. And this scripture at the very top of your page is um, something that the Lord gave me. But also in... Um, well, just in prayer, and then even speaking with Mark Burke. By the way, Mark got a job. I don't know if you guys know. So his, this past week was his first week, and he had lots of training to do, um, as you usually do when you first start a job. And he likes the group that he works with. He thinks it's going to be a positive thing. He's staying positive. Um, and he's doing everything he can to listen to the Lord and not listen to anything else. And I think when, when him and I talked, and, and uh, I'm in the same way too, I was like, you know the Lord tells you something, you go, you're going to go do that, and then all these other things start coming, all these other words start coming to you, and, and then you start listening to those instead of what did the Lord tell you, and suddenly you're off track. And I, I feel like that. I feel like I'm overwhelmed by words. We have, we have meetings, you know, constantly. That's a usual thing, right? Constantly have meetings at work to discuss this or discuss that. How are we going to do this? Business processes, all these kinds of things that we talk about. And, and we have meetings that are supposed to be 15 minutes long, and they turn into two and a half hours. My first three months... We had meetings that were 15 minutes or 30 minutes long that turned into two and a half hours. One meeting went from a 30-minute meeting to a four-hour meeting. That is a lot of words. Can I just say that? That's a lot of words that you have to listen to and try to filter through and figure what's going on. And then there's other stuff that... I need a Kleenex. There's other stuff that... Thank you. Other people... Well, not other people. This this company that I work with, I won't say it out loud, but you guys know what it is. This company that I work with has some very unique ideas about how we should be all together. And they have this way that they want everybody to do things. They want us to all to participate in stuff that's even closely related to us so that we all feel like we're supporting each other in everything we do. And I'm like, you know, that's fine when you have time, but I, I don't have time to do these things. I, I, and I also, and I'm not trying to be rude, I think it's because I'm old. I also don't have time to understand why somebody else is using a software that does that, it has nothing to do with me, and why are we using it anyways? I don't, anyways, so all these words, that's all I can say, and I was talking to Mark about that, man, these all these, I mean, I feel like I'm in these meetings and all they do is talk and they do this stuff and then they, and then they start sharing a silly story that lasts 20 minutes and then they go back to the subject matter and I'm, it's just a little mind boggling for me, which since I have a little mind sometimes, it, it's understandable. Um, 
so <clears throat> Mark was saying, well, I really understand that and how um, he, him and I, we, we've talked about this. And he's in the, 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 all the words can divert you from, from the Lord. Doesn't matter, you know, that you come to church on Sunday and pray, uh, or whatever you want to call it. You have this, this walk that you're in. The, the enemy seems to want to overwhelm us with words, overwhelm us with, with things that, that are important to the world, but not are, are not important to our walk. And it, it's really, you know, I'm coming to some uncomfortable revelations, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So the first scripture is one that the Lord gave me for first Saturday prayer, and it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So <clears throat> I took this one way. I think I talked to Vicki, and she helped, helped me look at it a different way, which is always good to have friends you can ask those questions to. The word power is the word yod, by the way. It's not power like that, like what you think. It's, you know, that, that hand, right, the one that's open, that's looking for guidance. And it makes sense when you read that death and life, and that means exactly what you think, death and life, are in the hand of the tongue. The tongue is what guides or takes you, or partner, because that's the hand, so it's a partnership, partnerships you with death or life. And it's what you speak. Okay? And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof, which also makes sense, because we're still talking about the mouth, where you're going to eat the fruit of whatever you partner with. Whatever is, is the thing that's pulling your hand at that time, whether it's death or whether it's life. For, I know it's so easy to go, I want life. And it's so true that we really do want that. And we understand what life really means. We understand what life means from a spiritual sense, which is the most important sense. Um, but what I'm coming to understand that it's not... It's not just death or life. It's what are you invested in? What have you given your time and thought to? And it, for me, it's been a, a kind of a difficult time with different stuff that's going on. I'm going to count on the fact that I don't have a lot of people listening that know about life here with me, but I have places that I have been investing in that, that I believe the Lord told me to invest in. And... I'm getting to a point now where maybe that wasn't true. So here come all the words. You, you heard God. No, you didn't. This is good. This is because you're going to see something as we go down here that foundational, those foundational purposes, those foundational teachings that God gave us, the logos that God has given us and shown us in scripture can become vain if you're not tuned in to the right place. How do you have vain logos? We all know logos is a, a, an awesome thing, don't we? I mean, if without it, we wouldn't be where we are today. How can something like that become vain? How can something like that become useless or, or whatever the right words are? Go ahead, Vicki. Right off the bat, it brings to mind that scripture in Hebrews, I think chapter 6, where it talks about put away the things, these good things, you have the baptism, you have, it lists all these different things, but it's time to put those away and move on to deeper, more expansive things. And all of those things are part of the logos, mm -hmm. you know, 
but yeah. if you hang on to that and never move forward, then I can see how that could become vain yeah. in that way. It can. And I do not disagree with that. I agree with that. If you, um, if you look on your sheet, I gave you a definition of vain words or logos. And it's those, and I say those, those that are void of the purpose of the Lord for a person or a church or a region, or, you know, you can fill in the blank. So how can, again, logos not always fulfill purpose. And it's much like what Vicki says. If you're hanging on to that and that's what you continue to preach and there's no growth, there's no forward progress, then it's, it's vain. What you're sharing is vain. So the next definition of the word vain is, that, so I put it in there, it's something empty or profitless. That's what it says in the, the Strong's Concordance. But it speaks of being void of force or truth. There's no force or truth behind what, whatever is vain, whatever it is, words, a, a, a situation, a person, it, it doesn't matter. Um, it is useless and of no purpose. It also, by definition of being void of force, halts forward progress in the kingdom. So therefore, if you are participating in any way, shape, or form in anything vain, you're not moving forward. You're at a stalemate. You're at a standstill. And we know that that can happen, but we know that that can lead to what? Death. That can lead to, to the end of your walk as a son. That can lead to a destruction of, why are you smiling when I'm talking about death? No, no, I just looked at your title and thought, you should have put death by a thousand words. I, I was thinking about that. <laughs> Death by a four-hour meeting. I mean, any of those would have worked. <laughs> oh, it just drains you. That's the other thing that, that Mark and I were sharing. It just tires you out that you're having to swim through all of this stuff to get to the meat of the word, to get to this, the center of what needs to be said. And, and sometimes it wears you out that you just give up. I mean, you just, you're in a meeting and you're like, I'm done. I can't tell you. I'm like... By hour two and a half after a 30-minute meeting, <laughs> scheduled 30-minute meeting, I'm like looking at my, my personal computer playing Mahjong. I, I don't, <laughs> what do you do when it's just, I'm already in a worthless time anyways, let's go play a game. Vain. But still, there it is, okay? <laughs> so I, I, for me, I really feel like, the Lord is, is trying to refine that aspect. And really, did I get a new job so I could learn about the vain logos? The vain logos. Did I really get it? I don't know. But here I am realizing not only do people give you many, many words, but I myself start talking myself into things. I don't need any help from the enemy when it comes to certain stuff. Kim, do not look at me and laugh. She's already laughing at me. But still, with me? You laughing with me? You can convince yourself of many things, and I think we know that. The mind is an awesome tool, powerful. It can do lots of things. Your mind can cause you to be sick. Your mind can cause you to turn in the wrong direction. We can blame it on whatever symptom we want, but your mind can do all kinds of things. And what God wants is your mind to be renewed, refined, um, 
Christ-like, all the words you know about mine. And I just think, yeah, well, that's great. Okay, I'm going to keep reading scripture. And it's like, no, it's really, for me, a serious thing that I must address and continue to address. And that's what gets me right now lately. It's been getting me bogged down. I need to know what words that are being spoken are the truth. I need to be able to look at the what's being said to me, no matter what the circumstance, which I always thought it's really important that you know what the truth is when it comes to the word of God. You know what? It's really important you know what the truth is, no matter what you're doing, no matter what conversation you're participating in. You have to know what is real in the spirit and what is vain, what is worthless, what just needs to be in one ear, out the other, totally allowed when it comes to vain words. Totally allowed when it comes to anything that's vain. Totally. There's quite a few definitions of the word vain. Words being used and, and definitions. In the New Testament, I think I found a total of 12 different words in the Greek that were read in English as vain. And I, I was, wow, okay, so the Lord helped me focus on that because, boy, I had, you know, Kim, I had like a like four sheets of scripture. That's not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to because we'll never get through it. We might not get through this. So here I did. I went through, started going through some scriptures, and I really wanted to focus on anything that, that had logos and vein attached to it. So the first place that I found this was in Matthew 6, 5 through 8. And this is in the middle, because right, of the Sermon on the Mount, right? Sermon on the Mount starts in chapter 5, Beatitudes, all that kind of stuff. And then it goes all the way through chapter 7. So we're in chapter 6, not that it matters, but in the timing of things, there it is. We're in chapter 6, and Jesus is speaking to those that have gathered around, his disciples and others. What is it that, what is it that they have, that new saying they have at ATA? I wish Declan was here. Discipline is, do you remember? Say it again. To obey what is right. That's a great definition of discipline. That I've, I don't know, I really like it. Thank you, Mr. Penn, <laughs> or wherever he got it from. So, looking at Matthew 6, 5 through 8, he's, he's speaking about prayer. If you go and look and you look at all your little subtitles you have in a Bible that's got paper, because we all use our phones now. Yeah, our devices and our devices don't always have these little subtitles. Jesus teaches on this. Jesus teaches on that. This is Jesus teaches on prayer. And he says in here, and when you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. Better go over here. That they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, thou, when you pray, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Seems like a contradiction in a way. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions. As the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. That's probably what I should have put up at the top. 
death by much speaking. <laughs> Be not you, therefore, like unto them, for your Father knows what things you need, you have need of, before you ask him. So, what, I mean, we, how many times have we read the scripture and we have a, a pretty good understanding of what it's about? So when I went back through to understand what is vain repetitions, because I say that because somewhere, somewhere in scripture, not too far after Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, or maybe it is in, in Matthew on the Sermon on the Mount, he teaches us how to say the Our Father. He teaches us a prayer. Now, we know you could take that literally. And how many thousands and thousands and thousands of church have taken that prayer literally and pray it all the time? And including us. I mean, when I was in high school, the weirdest thing that I ever thought we did was everybody take a knee before a basketball game because that's what our coach wanted us to do. It, now I'm saying things and all stuff's coming back. And we'd all take a knee and he would say the Our Father. He thought that was important that we do that before the game. I mean, like two seconds after that, four-letter words came out. And we're running out to the court, and we're all, ah, I mean, okay. <laughs> so many other things. And, you know, is, is, it, is it wrong to say the Our Father? I mean, is that, is that, but it's, it's what's behind the concept of vain repetitions. So the, the word for vain repetition is the only place this word is used, is batologia. Did you see the definition? Is that why you're smirking? Are you smirking at the very bottom part where they talk about it could be about a king who used to stutter or about a guy who wrote wordy poems? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> what? what? Go. I want you to share the smiling face, please. No, just go ahead. When I first saw this, I thought about you're just batting the logo, the logos around. Yeah. You're just like... Repeating it over like a good luck charm, just a, like a rope thing. You just. Yeah, and you know, people that have learned the logos, people that have learned the basics of the logos and then left, left them, left whatever, you know, that's what they're doing. That's all they have. That's all they have. And they just kind of throw it up in the air and bat it over that way. And the people, when they first hear it, they're like, oh, wow. And that's great. And there's going to be people that hear it for the first time and go, wow, and then we'll keep going. But there's other people that go, oh, wow, that is so good. Where did you get that from? How did you come to an understanding of this word in that way? But now it's, it's, just, it's just nothing. It's just vain. It's just stammering along. Here we go, stammering along. What are we going to do? And Jesus is very particular and very insistent on the fact that all of this is based on a closet. Okay? Closet is your intimate place with God. I don't, it, it might be a literal place, but I'm thinking of all the people and the, the way places looked in Jerusalem and how they built their houses. They did not have a lot of closets that you close a door. That's if you were in a big old palace or whatever. But closets, for most people, that didn't exist. So there's no way that Jesus meant this in a literal fashion. Now, sometimes we have to go places and close the door, I understand. Like one of my favorite places is in the bathroom. That's where I pray a lot. 
But you're, you know, it, everyone has an, a secret, intimate place that you spend with the Father. So that closet concept, Jesus saying, hey man, this is this some in, your intimate relationship with my Father. That's what I'm talking about. So when you pray, that's where you need to be. You need to be in that intimate place with my Father. And, and you can shut the door or not shut the door. That's not the big point right there. But if you pray... The Father, which is in that secret place. You guys remember talking about secret place. Guess what? That's where he's going to see you. Go ahead. I thought the definition to that is kind of interesting, too. It talks about a distributor that's uh, or a dispensary or magazine. Not as a magazine you read, but, you know, a magazine where there's a storage of, right. of supplies. A storeroom. And, yeah. yeah. And so that's when you go into that inner, that inner room with the Father... He's dispensing to us. Absolutely. And that's how we don't have vain logos. That's how we don't have vain repetition. Because he's always revealing. It's not a, it's not a one-time deal like some, some do or some get into. It's a continuing outpouring of the Father's information, wisdom to us in, in every fashion. <clears throat> Remember secrets, that word crypto? Something which is hidden that needs, to, that needs to be revealed in the timing of God. And then the word reward in two places. The word reward for those that are out, standing out there with men and, and are speaking. That reward is, is, is one word. And then the reward that is speaking, speaking, spoken down in verse 6 is a totally different word. So there's, there's two kinds of rewards. Well... Rewarding thee openly is, is like a payback from God. We can say it that way. I think, I know we can. Because we are intimately, we are devoting, we're investing our time in this secret place with him. But it's also that impartation, impartation that comes in the midst of wherever we're at, but in the midst of us being in that intimate secret place with him. Does that make sense? I didn't mean to keep going on and on and on. But um, <clears throat> that, that word reward that's in verse 5 at the very end where you're out there speaking to people and, and, and talking and praying and all that kind of stuff, that means that you have been paid for your work. And that's different than the war, reward that's listed below. So you're going to do something for man, you do it, you get paid for it, and you're done. The other one is a continuing relationship back and forth. It's a continuing um, uh, revealing back and forth between man, the person that's in that secret place, and, and God, because he will continue to reveal things. And so it's, it really is a more stark contrast than I thought, than I thought. Let me just say it that way. <laughs> so um, there's lots of different words in here. It's just so very interesting how much in this, in just in this scripture that the, the um, logos is, is being represented and spoken of. So, um, you know, even much speaking is pululogia. <laughs> pululogia. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it, it's, it's many logos. It's much logos. 
And, and you've been around people like that who have a portion of understanding of the logos and they repeat it and then they talk a little bit and then they repeat it again. Now, logos is foundational. We always look at it as for the kingdom of God. But, you know, at my work, there is a logos that's trying to be distributed by people who are trying to teach me that this is the way that you do things. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying they say it, and then you talk about stuff, then you say it again, then you talk about stuff, you say it again, you talk about stuff, say it. Okay, I got the, I got the foundational um, purpose that this company has been established for. Uh, anyway, Logos is everywhere. We want the Logos, making sure everybody's with me on that. Okay. Hmm. And I haven't been able to sort this out, but in verse... Seven, it says, but when you, you, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions. I want you to know that word use is the same word as vain repetitions. It's a bado, badologus, badologia. But I haven't been able to make it work very well. But when you pray, vain repetitions, not vain repetitions. That's the closest I can get to. Oh, I gotcha. That word is, that's the only place that word batologio is worked, used, I mean, in, the, in all of the New Testament. Two times, one scripture, one verse. Something very important about that, in my opinion. I really like the Battus, an author of tedious words and poems. Go ahead. Well, it's interesting, too, because he associates this definitely with Pruka. Prasukamai with declarative revel revelatory statements. Right. Know? So man, and isn't the word, I mean, we know we got logos, but we have that speaking part. Go ahead, Vicki. I didn't I'm mean to just, cut you off. Yeah, I'm just thinking it's, I mean, really this, I mean, this is strictly to sons because no one else would know how to prosuke like that. Yep. You know, I mean, to make that declarative, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess that when you when you're, I mean, to prosuke, you have to first supplicate. When you're when you're God is revealing those things to you, and then you declare them. You don't want to just be stating the same things over and over. You want to be looking at it through a perspective that looks forward. Absolutely, and, right. and applies it in that way because you could also do the, that's part of what this is talking about. You don't just keep declaring the things over and over. That's like, you know, Kim is in charge of her prophetic team of doing the declarations for every, you know, seminar, every ministry trip that goes out. And, you know, the things that God reveals, you could apply them to the same way every single time, but there's always some sort of fresh forward advancement that God's always wanting it to be applied in. It may, it may be very similar to things that we've already done, but he wants it applied in a fresh way. Yeah. And that's really the the battle, the challenge, whatever you want to call it, the pressing in that needs to be done, you know, so that you can you can bring to the forefront of the thing that he is looking at now mm -hmm. and the way that he's looking at it. Yep. You know, and I was talking to my sister last night about, you know, she's still in Revelation <laughs> the revelation study she's study. doing. They're in their second phase, and the whole second phase is just about drawing pictures. There's no really deep, yeah. Uh, so, so she's like, <laughs> so I'm just going to study. I'm just going to call you up. We're just going to study it together. I said, okay. And 
But we got onto the seven spirits again, which mm-hmm. they say, oh, that's just, the, that's just the Holy Spirit. That's all that is. She says, so, you know, even if I didn't understand what you're talking about with purpose and sonship, why would God go to all that trouble to define it in so many ways that it's just the Holy Spirit, if that's all it is? Why wouldn't you just say, oh, that's just the Holy Spirit, you know? Why call it the seven eyes? I said, because there's a perspective of his character that he wants you to look through, envision things through. Yep. And they call it the winds because that's the he wants you to he moves in these seven different ways, you know. And so we just went down the line of the different ways it's applied, you know, why it doesn't make sense, why anybody would just read that and go, Oh, it's just the Holy Spirit. The vain so every time we get on that, she's always <laughs> chuckling. Ah, it's just the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's all it is. I don't know. Okay, let's look at the next scripture in 1 Timothy 6, 20 through 21, unless anyone else has something else. Okay, so 1 Timothy 6, we understand that this is Paul writing to Timothy. So in the very last two verses of this, of this chapter, he says, Oh, Timothy, but you guys could put your name in there if you wanted to. Oh, Annette, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings, but you know, and is not there. So avoiding profane, vain babblings and oppositions of science. That's not even the word which some professing have erred to erred concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. I do not know why I wrote the rest of that stuff in there. Sorry. Some Bibles have it in there. Some don't. The first, the first to Timothy was written from Laodicea. Okay, sorry, I don't know why that's just like a commentary in the middle at the end. So look at look at the scripture. So this is what Paul's telling to Timothy, and this is what God is telling you. Now I'm going to tell you we've know this because Timothy was a young man in 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 the faith, but also as as a pastor we know that. So when we were younger in our walk as a son, God is what told us from the very beginning. Terio, that which is committed to thy trust, that whole, that which is committed to thy trust is one word. And they had to use that many words to use that one word because it's really a tough word to pronounce anyway. Perikatatheke, tatheke, something like that. Okay, but all you need to know is in the buried in that part is the word tatheme. Paul was telling Timothy, guard over that which God has given you and put within you. Don't let it go. Guard over it. And because you're guarding over it, you must, because anything, I mean, not anything, maybe in the beginning, but there's things that, will, that can pull you and move you away from those understandings of who you are. I mean, one of the greatest things for me that happened not only becoming a believer a little bit later in life, I always want to know who I am. Who am I? What's my purpose? I've always wanted to know that. I remember asking that question to people who just looked at me like I was crazy. They still do look at me like I'm crazy. Anyways, but but here, when I got God, I found a reason. Then we found this understanding of becoming a son and being a son and walking and parting with God. I found an even more awesome, fulfilling, enriched reason 
and, and call for who I am. And Paul is like telling Timothy, mm, don't, don't let that go. Keep that tetheme that God has given you. It's been planted within you. Keep that. Terio, guard over it. Avoid profane, vain babblings. So avoid so that it's ectrepo bibelos kinophonia. Look, I'm speaking Greek. I'm just kidding, not really, because I know I didn't pronounce that all right. But you look at each one of those definitions, you can see this warning, warning, warning. It's like Will Robinson. That's what I feel like. Arms are going in the air. Warning, warning. This is where you can lose or find the tetheme hard to discover or hold on to because this is happening, right? So um, avoid Turn or twist away or twist out. Vain babblings. Well, we know what vain babblings is the kinophonia. Can you hear the word phone in there? What's the phone? That's that inside part of us that speaks, that voice. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But anyway, um, Empty discussions is what it says in, in, the, in the concordance that vain babblings is. Empty discussions, discussions of useless matter matters. And it is. Because what does it have to do with what does it have to do with the, the logos and the truth? Go ahead. I want to get personal. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> Go ahead. People told me when I was a kid, oh, you were born a wise soul. And I learned that means you're a crazy fool that talks crazy. Nobody can understand you. I know, right? <laughs> See, Corman, you are self-aware. Go, girl. Okay. <laughs> that is true what you just said, because <laughs> there is, I mean, God gives everyone different abilities and anointings and stuff like that. So from a very young age, I was like, okay, whatever is true. I met other people in my family that were similar to me that were ousterized as well. And so I thought, but they're really neat. I really like them. You know, even though they're totally the black sheep. In fact, the guy I wore totally all crazy. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So, but I understood them, which is weird because <laughs> it wasn't with words, <laughs> but anyhow, and, um, I told Lisa that story, but, um, what I was going to say is that what is, is interesting to see in the way that Jesus teaches, and he goes all the way to end of chapter 7, continuing to make the comparison of how we compare to what the world is. And it's not just that we're saints, and it's not just who we were made to be, whether you were made like me, or whatever, right. or like you, or yep. whatever, mm -hmm. but that there's this application that we are continually applying what we get from God immediately to apply it to something else. We're, we're meant we're to be this boldness and to, this be, to be this application and to be able to take what God gives and echo it, not to save it up, not to bury it and bring it back out and say, look, God, what I saved. Mm -hmm. No, he wants us to let it multiply immediately. It's not like a thing you wait on. Right. And I think a lot of people from their beginning learnings, and I think that's why Jesus taught the way he did, is so people could see there's a significant difference that, I, that is going to be applied to you right now, you know? And, and so anything we teach to people, I think, is going to force them to have to think differently, which is irritating as heck. It is to me. 
you yeah. know, sometimes when Pastor Ron talks, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, what sure, you man. <laughs> or even when he tells his own personal stories, I'm like, mm. what the heck, you know? <laughs> but yep. then I, I know that it's that point of stretching and moving out and that I have to let go a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can't, I can't possibly know a thing that's new from my own experiences. So I have to let go. There you go. And I do need to correct something. The word keep is not terio. The word keep is fulasso. And I'm, I'm sorry about that. It still means to guard, to watch, to keep watch over it. But it's not the same as terio. To observe for oneself. I just, when I looked at that, I said, that's nah, not the right word. Okay. So, um, thank you, Carmen, for sharing. So, here we are, and 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 again, you can scratch out Timothy and put your name in there, and the Lord is telling you to guard over that which has been tethemed within you, and on top of that, comma, avoid profane, vain babblings. Profane, which is a word we've used quite, not quite frequently. If you're a Catholic, you've used it a lot. Um, it means stuff that's, that's, Wow. Go ahead, Vicki. Help me out. Well, when you consider that a saint is part of a high calling and we are, we are focused on pneumaticos things, mm-hmm. these are common things, like earthy things or common things that are, they always want to cross the threshold of our walk. You know, they're accessible. They, they, they make themselves accessible, but everything that makes itself accessible is not supposed to be accessed. Okay, so, gotcha. You know. Yes. So we're we're not supposed to allow those we're not supposed to cross into those. And that avoiding can also mean we're supposed to not just sometimes you have to deflect it mm-hmm. because it's coming at you no matter what. You you can't avoid it. You know what I mean? Yep. You can't yep. you can't just I mean, I know what you can turn away from it inwardly. Yeah, that's what it's talking about. But I mean, you you have to kind of deflect and because it's kind of come and offer part of the definition is variations of the profane, variations of the vain babblings, you know, so that they kind of have a little bit of truth sounding to them. But, you know, we we have to know the difference. That's what I'm asking the Lord for, too. She didn't know you were reaching out. That's good. Well, she saw you point. I know. Now she did. Okay. Um, I was looking here at uh, the the definition. Uh, it talks about um, lawful to be trodden on. Yes. And I was thinking of the teaching of Jesus says that, you know, if you're not salty, all you're good for is being pavement. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's cast out and used for pavements, be trodden on. It's, it has no... Uh, no ability to do anything but be to be it becomes vain it, it becomes not salt useless and, and so yeah. um, you know this fits very well with that kind of understanding of uh, being profane it is it is something that you just walk over mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing to be picked up it's nothing to be cherished it's nothing to be coddled uh, uh, or or even dealt with other than just as a pavement just to be walked on as a pavement Yep. So, vain babblings. So, we, we've got the avoiding profane vain babblings. We understand. Um, the vain babblings has a, the kinophonia, uh, kinophonia, that's how I say it. And I don't think I gave you a definition of those words, but that's okay. I'll do it in just a second. Um, 
and oppositions of science falsely so-called. Okay, so the word science is not, it's the word, it's the word for knowledge. <laughs> yeah, it's gnosis. It's not, it's, it's gnosis, which goes back to gnosko, which we know about knowing something absolutely. So it's kind of interesting. But opposition, which we also know, we've run across this word, is antithesis, which is anti-tetheme. So it's standing opposed to what the Lord has tethemed within you um, of what you know, of the knowledge, well, that the opposition knows, that's trying to convince you. Does that make, does that make sense? Go ahead, Vicki. It's, it's also, I think, we know what error is. We know what the lies are. Yes. But there's going to be an opposition that's going to come against that knowing. Does that make sense? Yes. And so that knowing is going to be challenged to where, well, is, is that really error? Is that, or, or you don't even, you just let it go. Yeah, did yeah. God really say that? Yep. And, um, they're trying, they, and you almost feel like you're being talked into doing being something else or doing something else. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> and, you know, yeah, things like that are happening all around us. Well, it must be a possibility, because look at verse 21. What's verse 21 say, Vicki? Which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops. Whoopsie, whoopsie. So, um... I don't know why I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm going to tell you what kinos means. The word kinos, which is in part of vain babblings, means uh, something empty, um, an empty discussion, a, a discussion about you, it's a useless matter. And so it's very, very similar to the word vain. And I think their definition even has the word vain in it. So when you talk about kinos babbling, kinos phone, Right, so the phone part. Let me make sure I get that right too. We've talked about that. So it, in it's literally a sound or a tone, but it's 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 speech. It's something that's being disclosed to you. And and for us, phone is close to friend and all that stuff. So it's something that's being disclosed to you within. And so when you have the kinos phone, you understand. Oh man, this is something that's useless that's trying to be revealed within me for me to take it in like a cell phone yeah like a yes like a cell phone wow okay so did i get through that oh vicky when which some professing that's really interesting because it's got the word um the messenger a angelos in there professing and then have aired vicky already talked about that it's by Missing the mark. It's a very interesting, in other words, it's very interesting. Okay, so here is, this is right, this is, this is Paul talking to Timothy. Okay, the next one is found in Ephesians 5, 1 through 7. Ephesians 5 is a very cool, cool chapter. I wanted to read the whole thing in here, but I did not do that. So, be you therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us as an offering, oh gosh, 
given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice of God for a sweet-smelling savor. And then we have to learn all these other words that we've learned, we've talked about before. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient. Is that convenient? Yes. But rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. That's really important. Let no man deceive you with vain words, vain logos. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not you therefore partakers with them. And there you go. That's all I have to say. We can go now. Um, (laughs) Wow. This. The good part about this is that today's Resurrection Sunday. Today is the day that we celebrate. It may not be the exact day that Jesus came, rose from the dead, but today is that day where that fulfillment of Jesus being that sacrifice is is fulfilled. And it allowed us to have access to the Father. And now because of that, we have access to the truth. We have access to the force that we need to move forward in his kingdom work. To move forward in what he needs us to do, everything he needs us to say. For us to make those declarations that are not vain repetitions into the spirit realm. So that the whole entire earth, heaven and earth in the spirit Everyone understands what God is doing. I don't, did you all get to listen to Wednesday Night Live? Because I had to catch up later on that. And the testimony that Pastor Ron gave about how he would go to SMU and have a study, Bible study with one of the teachers there. And staff came and they had that terrible drought. And, and then they stood in that place and made a, made a declaration, called upon the Spirit of God to move so the, the rain would come, and it did. That's the kind of thing God's going to continue to do through in and through us as saints for the places that we're going to move forward His kingdom. We see how things have happened step by step since we jumped in, since we've been in this walk. You know, the Dallas church has been in there longer. And not just, it's not just Dallas is how I got the truth. I understand that there's people all over the world that understand what it means to be a son and to be a saint. They didn't just blow past those scriptures that said to the brothers and the saints and blah. They understood that there's two sets of people. I want to be the saints, right? And they understand that this is what God is doing with our words, with the way that we speak, with the logos that he shows us, not only do we walk, and, and I have something to go along with what Carmen was just talking about, but how we, how we will declare the word, the truth, the force behind what God is going to do. Get in line, people. This is what's happening, right? So Carmen was talking about how we, we're like when we do that. It's our life that actually reflects the logos reflects those words. And, and you don't always get to see or hear people go, oh, wow, what you said the other day was really perfect. 
But I'm working with a lady that I've worked with for a long time, and she sees the way that I'm doing things or speaking, mostly how I'm speaking, because we don't get to see each other, so we're on, a, on a calls and stuff. And she says, I, I so admire how you handle, how you speak to so-and-so, or how you took that that was going this way and made it made it come back over to where it really needed to be. I, I need to learn how to do that. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, thanks. And, and then later I'm thinking, wow, that's what God's using us for. It was at work. Okay, that doesn't mean it's any less spiritual or needed in the kingdom of God. And so that's, that's what we are. We are that reflection of the logos. Um, okay, did you want to say something? Because I thought you were going to reach it. Okay. So, um, you know, Jesus... He himself is that offering to God. And, and that was the, that sweet aroma, which we understand so many times comes from our intimate relationship and the prayers of the saints. That's the sweet aroma that, that goes forward. And Jesus is that brother, that joint heir, co-heir, sitting at the right hand, doing that prayer thing. Make it sound so. Doing that prayer thing. And, and just... It makes it makes the entire difference in the spirit when you pray. And I don't know how many times I have to say this, and I, I still forget it. I still sit there sometimes at work and just go, like, Friday was a completely frustrating day for me. I accomplished nothing. But there I was, and I, and I forgot to pray. I sit there going, there were times when I was completely silent because I'm trying to work on the words thing. I'm just not going to say anything at all. Well, no, you can say nothing at all, but you need to pray. That needs to be your saying, right? And so all these, all these things that keep coming down and trying to make me say other stuff, causing me to complain, because that's like the first thing I want to do when people go, how are you? I want to complain. No, I want to speak the logos. I want to speak life. Oh, I thought... <gasps> Okay, thought that had something in it. Okay, Carmen's coming. John? Yep. Okay, I was just going to say, it's really funny because it's one of the things I've been praying to God about is I have a quick tongue to say the wrong thing sometimes, yeah, a lot of times. But anyhow, I've been praying about it, and I did it again and again and again. I'm like, okay, gosh, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not keeping my mind, you know, on Focused, exactly. Right, that. But, and I do pray, and I, I, I believe in praying continuously. And then I got this word from God, and he says, he goes, I'm going to deal with it the way I want to deal with it. Stop trying to do it in your way, which is goes back to my word that I got it from Presbytery <laughs> at Dallas. Uh-oh. But, yeah, but. it was huge. So I, I was like, okay, God, that's cool. And then I was sick for another couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks and everything, and I was still doing it and everything. And I, I'm, not, I'm not doing as much. But then all of a sudden I realized I'm redeeming it now. I'm turning it as soon as I do it nowadays. And I'm, it's better and better and faster and faster. It's almost like a, an atom moving next to another atom and it's about to explode and I'm doing it quicker and quicker and quicker before it'll be gone. <laughs> and it's like he's forcing me to see that in slow motion. And I think it's because that'll be a ministry to other people as well. So yeah. I, that's the only thing I can think of right now. So, no. But yeah, it's really crazy because you is. want it, you know, like you said, mm -hmm. you're fighting this fleshly thing and I can't believe that it's this fleshly, you know, it seems so trivial. Yeah, you know? come on. Like, come on. It's right. a simple thing I should be able to do. Come on, man. <laughs> exactly. So um, in verse three, there's, there's these lists in verse four, there's these list of things. And really at the end, at the end of verse four, it's really 
very blunt and to the point, but rather giving thanks. We need to be doing that. But you look, it's fornication, uncleanliness, covetousness. You can look all those words up. You know what a lot of them are anyways, and people like to make it all big deal about fornications and all that. Please go spiritual on this. Just hit the button that says go spiritual, okay? You know, let it not be once named among you. I don't want to be known as a fornicator. Okay, what about in the spirit? Are you serious about that as well? Okay, I'm not a fornicator in the in the natural. What about it? Okay, there you go. That's how we need to do it. Carmen, right? That's how we need to do it. Uncleanliness, covetousness. And then in verse 4, it goes, neither filthiness nor foolish talkings, moros logos, moros logos, not, nor jesting, which I do all the time. But really, it's being, you know, funny in a vulgar way. And... In the spirit, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? What does it mean to be, you know, having some humor that's, you understand. So, uh, which are not convenient. <laughs> but rather giving of thanks. We need to be giving thanks. We speak for this, you know, that no whoremongers, that's pornos, or nor unclean persons, that's akathartos. We know all these words. I know Vicky wants me to define them all. Nor convenient man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. What can happen if you are not a follower of God? Um, all this stuff. What can happen if you are not having an understanding a revelation from the Lord about Jesus and what he actually did for us. Today's that day for a lot of people. Maybe even some people that I am close to. I, all this stuff can happen. And people just look at it and think it's all in the natural. No, it's in the spiritual. It's in the spiritual. You got to take it in the natural first, fine, but it's in the spiritual. And verse 6, let no man deceive you. Let no man cheat you or delude you into believing vain words. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Who is the dude with a little d over the children of disobedience? Which one of our seven... Oppositions is over. Oh, I was hoping one of you guys would remember quickly. I think it's Prince of this World. Is the dude over the, the disobedience? Man, rampant, rampant in our world today. Just crazy. And verse 7 Be not you therefore partakers with them. Do not participate. Just don't do it. And I got to tell you, for me, some of this is stretching into some of the situations that I'm in now. And I'm just going to tell you about, about my dealing with, not all of the dealing. You guys already know this, but dealing with a family member right now is on the verge of intruding upon this in my life. Where they are, my investment in their vainness is getting going to get me in trouble if I am not staying on the straight and narrow. And it's, it's, and it's annoying to say that I don't want to, I don't want to push that person away, but I may have to in a way avoid 
that kind of stuff. And it irritates the tar out of the other person, unlike crazy, and starts sending me, what shall we say, pseudo-propheticos? <laughs> anyway, ugh. Okay, last page, James 1, 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, that man's religion is vain. It's useless. There's nothing to it that's helpful. Unfortunately, we know people like this. We don't want to know them. Some of them we care about, but we know people whose religion, I'm going to call it religion, because you can look up the definition of religion and see what we're talking about, is vain. Right? Oh, did I not put verse 27 on your page? Oh, no. Darn. Okay. Um, that's okay. You guys can go look at it. <laughs> but when you're talking about religion, you're talking about a set way of doing things, a, a doctrinal way to do stuff from beginning to end. And, you know, when you're in a business, you have these things called business processes that you follow. And you want to follow them to the T, but you also understand that they have to adjust because things change. And if you're a good business, you change with them. You make those business processes different. But otherwise, I mean, I think of all the companies I knew that were, that were I believe, were going to be around forever and they were going to do this one job all their lives, but they didn't change. They did not, they, they did not move to where they needed to be. Go ahead. You could also look at this as part of the definition. If any man among you uh, seem to be in fear of God or worshiping God, but you, you can't bridle your tongue and you, instead you're deceiving your heart, then your fear of God, what you think is worship, is really void of truth. It has no purpose. Exactly. Well, I guess we can just move on then. Thank you, Vicki. <laughs> Last scripture on our page. I think. First Peter 1, 17 through 21. And if you call on the Father, and if ye call on the Father, who without respect of person judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with, gosh, i got to take my glasses off, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last days for you, who by him to do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Whew. I don't think I read that very well. What do we got in here? We have vain conversation. That's the word that I was that I was focusing on. <clears throat> so vain is the, the word that I started at the very beginning talking about, right? Conversation is anostrofo. Did I say that right? Manner of life, conduct of behavior. What is your manner of life? 
Have you focused on the wrong things? And I'm saying that because in verse 18, it's very much talking about, you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things. And then it tells you right after that what corruptible things are. Silver and gold. From your vain conversation, from your vain way of life, which has been given to you by a tradition from your father, something that's been handed down. Now, is gold and silver corruptible in the natural? But is gold and silver in the spirit corruptible? Right? Silver, gold is wisdom, silver is revelation. Do I have that backwards? I think that's right. You look at this from a spiritual standpoint, and you see what, first, what Peter is trying to relay. There is no way to get to the truth, no way to stand with God and who he has created you to be, except by the redemption of God, which is, which is Jesus, obviously. And because the, because the Father just... He really doesn't care where you came from. He doesn't really care who you think you are. He wants you to know who he made you to be. And what a difference in life that has made for me. He doesn't care that I was walking as this or that, that I have an understanding of him in this fashion or that fashion. He wants us to understand him now. He wants us to turn to him. He wants us to be a part of what is going on. For us, that's a no duh. We got it, Lord. We got that first part, we turn to you. We got the second part, we're turning to to you as as our father and as the you know, as the son being that joint heir with you. We understand the precious blood of Christ. Oh wait, the precious blood of the anointed one. Do you have precious blood? Do you have life-giving words? Do you have life-giving blood in your, in your body? Uh, yeah. Now, right now, if someone's listening to this that doesn't know stuff, they're just going to say that I just blasphemed the Holy Spirit by saying something like that. You know? And like, yet, we understand that if you don't have blood in the natural, Adrian, do you live or die? Yeah. You absolutely die. <laughs> Maybe one organ at a time, but you still die. If you don't have the precious blood of the Lord within you, understanding that we're sprinkled with it, that we're covered in it, however you want to say it, especially on this day, you die. But we know. <laughs> we know the truth behind all of that, and we understand it. Oh, ordained from the foundation of the world, Jesus from the foundation of the world, God knew rebellion was going to come. God knew missing of the mark was going to happen. God knew iniquity was going to run rampant. But he provided a way. He provided a way. And Jesus agreed to it. Hallelujah and amen. Okay, so really, no more vain conversation. No more vain logos. No more vain. Truth moving forward in force with the word of the Lord. Amen? Okay, I'm done.